0: Luke chapter number 8. We're going to read one verse this morning. That'll be verse number 35. Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 35. I just want to remind us of what has taken place in this text. Jesus and his disciples have got in a boat and they've went to the other side. And they are now in the country of the Gadareans. And in the country of the Gadareans... They was a man who come running at them and met them that day, and you know the story. This man was full of the devil. It said that this man had so many devils in him; they called themselves legion, for they was many. We find in this text where Jesus cast those devils out of this man. They. Cast him into a herd of swine, a herd of pigs, and they ran down a steep hill violently and drowned in the water. We realize that after this has taken place, those farmers of all of those animals were so upset they got mad and they realized that they had probably lost their living and lost a lot of things that day, and they were so aggravated that Jesus, they wanted Jesus to leave. But Jesus did what he did just for that one man. And uh, that's the account that we are looking at this morning. And I wanted to share that with you before we read verse 35. Let's stand together, the book of Luke, chapter number 8, and verse number 35. Notice what the Bible says. And they, speaking of those farmers and all of those in the town that they had run back and told all of the bad news, man, that the pigs are dead, the swine's gone. I mean, this is a bad day. It says, and they went out to see what was done. And they came to Jesus and found the man. If you highlight in your Bible or you mark in your Bible, you need to mark those words and found the man. And found the man out of whom the devils were departed. Said he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. I want to preach a message this morning entitled this, Safe and Sound. Safe and Sound. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for each one that is here today, all the visitors that are gathered in this place, uh, some friends that we have known for years that are here today. I thank you for all that you've done in our lives. I thank you again for what you have done for my mother. I thank you for the goodness of God. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And I pray, Lord, for the next few minutes that you would fill me with your spirit Speak to us through your word, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. Safe and sound. As I begin to study in Luke chapter number 8, and also this same account is in the book of Mark chapter number 5, I find that the Bible teaches us... About the man. In verse number 27, it says, A certain man. In Mark 5 and 2, it says, A man. You won't find it here in the book of Luke, but you will find it in the book of Mark. Listen to this because this is key. In the book of Mark, chapter 5, and verse number 5, it speaks of this man and it says, Always, night and day, He was in the mountains and in the tombs, and he was crying and cutting himself with stones. Here in the book of Luke, chapter 8, in verse number 27, it says, Neither abode he in any house. I want to present to you this morning this man, this certain man who was filled with so much evil in his life. We see a man, and I want you to hear this please. I believe we see a man who had no rest. A man who had no rest. When I begin to think about rest, he had no sleep. He had no quietness in his life. And no doubt, this man had no peace. A man who could not stop. I want to say this because I think it's very important. When the Bible tells us that always, that means continually, continually every single minute of the day, all day long and all night long, this man, this certain man who was so full of the evil presence and the spirits in his life, this man who probably at times wished he could stop, but he could not stop. I can remember a time in my life where uh, I was not a believer, I was not a Christian, and there was things in my life that I wished I could stop, I said I was going to stop, I even tried to stop, but may I say to you this morning, I could not stop. I would tell myself I am not going back there. I will not do that no more. I will not be a part of that. I am tired of that. And I am going to stop. But can I say to you, it would not be a week later until I would find myself doing exactly what I said that I was not going to do. There are a lot of people in life who wish they could stop, but they cannot stop. Are you with me? They just cannot stop. This man that we read in this text, I don't believe that he wanted to run around at night. I don't believe that he wanted to cut himself with stones and run around in the tombs naked and crying out and screaming at the top of his lungs. There is no doubt when I read about this man, when I read about this certain man, this man had to be tired. And I look across this congregation this morning and I wonder who in this service this morning is just tired. You're tired. There's a lot going on and you wish it could stop, but it's, it's just not stopping. There's a lot going on and you wish you could change it, but you just don't know how to change it. There's things that are happening in your life and in your family's life with your children and your grandbabies and at the workplace and in your neighborhood and even in the church house. There are so many things that are going on and you say to yourself, I'm wore out, I'm tired, and I just don't feel like I can go on another day. I wonder who's tired here this day. I wonder who's tired this day in this place. And we find here that this man met Jesus that day. But more than anything, Jesus met that man. Can I hear an amen on that? Not only did this man meet Jesus, but Jesus met the man and he and he came. They came to Jesus and they found the man. And notice what it says when they found the man, he was sitting. He was sitting. Mark 5.15 says, when they came to Jesus, they see him that was possessed with devils and had the legion. And it says that he was sitting. Here in the book of Luke, he adds something else to it. Not only was this man sitting, but this man was sitting at the feet of Jesus. I wonder if this man had ever sat down. I wonder how long it had been since this man had sat down. And maybe you're here this morning and you would ask this question. Where can I find rest? Where can I find peace? Where can I find a place in my life to get some of this load off of me? And the answer is right here in the text. Not only do you need to sit down, but you need to sit down at Jesus' feet. Can I remind you and I this morning there's rest at the feet of Jesus. There's rest when you bow on your knees and call on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is rest when you come to an altar in a church service. There is rest when you find your prayer place at your house. There is rest when you're driving down the road in your car and you feel so overwhelmed and you don't feel like you're going to be able to make it through another day and you begin to call on the name of Jesus and you say, Lord, I need your help. I've got a lot going on. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I don't think I can go another day. There's in my life I want to fix but I don't have the power to fix them and I don't know what to do so I'm going to call on you Jesus I just want to call on you and sit at your feet because I need rest today amen Amen. say how do I find rest you find rest at Jesus' feet you find rest at Jesus' feet this man was sitting and he was sitting at Jesus' feet Luke 8, 29 teaches us that oftentimes he was kept bound with chains and fetters and he and he broke the bands and, and, and the devil had driven him out into the wilderness. Listen to me, we're trying to paint the picture of who this man is and you need to see him for who he is. He is a man that is crazy. He is a lunatic. He is possessed with the devil. He is wore out and he's tired and he needs a touch from the Lord. And the devil's pulling his chains and the devil's directing his life and the devil has sent him out in the wilderness and here is a man that is so full of the devil that he's he's, he's dripping with blood. He's running naked. He don't know what to do. And let me remind you, any time that I read a text like this, always remember this man. He had a mama and a daddy somewhere. Don't ever forget that. And here is this man. Now they find him, and they find him sitting. Do you see it? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Number one, I want to say we see rest. We see rest. But may I say to you, we also see reverence. In Bible days, those who would sit at their teacher's feet or at the rabbi's feet as Jesus would teach his disciples and they would sit at Jesus' feet. No doubt do we see this man who at one time was crazy. At one time, we could even call him a lunatic. At one time, we would say, there is no man as messed up as this man. There is no man as crazy as this man. There is no man that you would ever imagine that would run around all day long and all night long cutting himself, chains hanging off of his arms and his feet. This man was crazy. This man would stay up all night long. But now are you with me just like you here we sit and we need rest and we need the Lord to help us and we need reverence while we're sitting at his feet and not only that, we see raiment. We see this man was not only sitting at Jesus' feet, but this man was no longer naked. This man was clothed, amen? amen. This man was clothed. I, I can just imagine that those pig farmers come showing up and they come and they find Jesus and they look and they say, The man, the man that was running crazy, the man who was uncontrollable. Now this man finds rest at Jesus' feet. You tired? Are you tired? You can get some rest today. You can. I look across the congregation of people and I have no idea what you've been through, but there's got to be somebody here that's just tired. Tired of fighting the fights. Tired of the battles. Tired of the war that takes place. Tired of the emotions of day-to-day life. Just tired. I look across this congregation and no doubt there's some of you saying, I'm doing really good today, preacher. But as my eyes look into some of your eyes, some of you look so tired. you can get some rest today, amen? You can. You can get some rest today. You ever did that? Brother Grayson, you ever felt the weight of this world so strong that every now and then you can just go, and just for that one breath, you can say thank you, Lord, for the rest that I just felt. There's rest at the feet of Jesus. So not only do we see this man that is sitting. This is where I really wanted to get to. And this is how the Lord led me to this verse. They went out to see what was done. And they came to Jesus and they found the man. Out of whom the devils were departed. And he was sitting He was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed. Look at this next part. And in his right mind. I want to present to you that not only was this man sitting, but they found this man sane. And may I say, you and I, we don't need to take for granted not one day if our mind is clear. We don't need to take for granted one day if our mind and our soul is at peace and rest. You don't have to be filled with the devil and running around in a tomb for your mind to be messed up. You can be sitting on a church pew at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church on a Sunday morning and your mind be a wreck this morning. And you and I need to realize, to be able to say, I have a clear, sound mind, you ought to stand up and shout if your mind is clear this morning, because that's a big deal. (laughs) I got tickled the other day, my wife and daughter was evidently telling me something, and Tina asked me, she said, now don't forget this date. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, this date, we're supposed to be here at this time. And I said, I don't remember that. And she looked over at my daughter and she said, Keith, I'm worried about you. I said, I don't know what date. And she said, Abigail, it was just the other day me and you was talking about this with dad and he don't remember. And she said, Keith. I said, Oh yeah, I remember now. (laughs) And Tina just shook her head like, Keith. Well later on that day I was in my study. And I was in there reading my Bible and I was praying, and I heard Tina's phone ring, and I heard her on the phone. And about 10 minutes later, she came in there and I said, Who was you talking to? And she said, I don't remember. And I said, Tina, I'm worried about you. And she said, Stop, stop. I said, No, seriously, who was you talking to? And she said, I don't remember. And she went in here and picked her phone up and said, oh, 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 I was talking to so-and-so. And I was like, I'm worried about you. <laughs> you don't have to be filled with the devil running around in a tomb in the graveyard somewhere for your minds to get cloudy. And I'm telling you, we are living in a time and we are living in a world where there is so much going on and so much coming up and so much of this and so much of that and so much of that from yesterday. I'm telling you, if you're sitting here and your mind is calm and your mind is clear, it's a blessing from the Lord. Amen. This man was sitting there with a sound mind. Some of you already this morning has already tuned out the message because your mind has already went who knows where this morning. We ought to pray for one another that our minds be clear. I begin to do a study on what the Bible says about the mind. And I want you to hear this because these verses are serious, man. And it starts in the book of Genesis. It says in Genesis 26, 35, it speaks of the grief of the mind. In other words, the bitterness of the mind. Did you know that if you're in this service this morning and your mind is bitter, you've got things in your life that's made you bitter, and and there's bitterness of your mind? Did you know that there is no way that you're going to be able to think clear with that bitterness in there? You're going to say things you don't want to say, you're going to do things you don't want to do, you're going to think things, you're going to go places, and you know where it comes from? It comes from a mind that is bitter. I wonder who's bitter this morning. Deuteronomy 28 speaks of the sorrow of the mind. Things in your life that tears you up. Things in your life that brings you down. Things in your life that causes your heart to break. And the Bible teaches of the sorrow of the mind. There's some of you here this morning... The sun's up, but you can't even see the sun's shining. God's blessed, but you can't even see the blessings of God. God's working, but you don't even know that God's working. And you know why? I believe so many times in our life, our minds are so full of sorrow that our minds get clouded up and we can't even think clear. Some of y'all come pray with this couple. So we see the bitterness of the mind, the sorrow of the mind. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-seven speaks of the wicked mind. The mind that is so far out of the will of God. The mind that is so ungodly. The mind that can't even think of good thoughts. The mind that is wicked. And let me remind all of us that if your mind is steadily on wickedness, no wonder all you see is darkness and no light at the end of the tunnel. The mind is a powerful thing. Ezekiel speaks of the alienated mind. It's the mind who wants to sever themselves. It's the mind who wants to separate themselves from everyone else. It's the mind who says, I don't need anyone. It's the mind that says, I don't need church. I don't need God. I don't need my family. I don't need a friend. I can make it on my own. I don't need anyone. That is a mind that is messed up. And your thinking will always be messed up. You know people like that. You ever been there? I don't need anything. You ever been there? I have. It's a messed up place to be. Daniel 5.20 speaks of a hardened mind, and it's hardened by pride. A mind that is hardened by pride. I went to a meeting not too long ago with some some gentlemen, some elderly gentlemen... They was wanting to talk to me about something that had nothing to do with this church. But there's was wanting to talk to me about something. And I sit there in that meeting and I was listening to this one individual talk. And I thought to myself, something's wrong. There's something wrong. And I never will forget what another preacher said to me. He said, when you're young, a young man, you deal with the lust of the flesh. When you become an older man, you deal with the lust of your eyes. But when you become even an older man, you deal with the pride of life. And the most dangerous of the three is the pride of life. I'm telling you, that prideful heart, that prideful mind will harden. It'll harden. Luke speaks of a doubtful heart. Romans 1.28 speaks of a reprobate mind. You ever heard that? A reprobate mind? They wanted to enjoy their sin, enjoy their sin, enjoy their sin. It speaks of sexual sins and homosexuality. And, and the Bible says those people will not turn from that. And God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a rejected mind. A mind where people said, I'm doing what I'm doing and I don't care and what I'm doing is okay. That is such a messed up mind. Are you with me this morning? He said, there's reprobate minds. He goes on and he speaks of a carnal mind. It's hostility against God. He speaks of a lustful mind. He speaks of vanity of the mind. He speaks of a shaking in mind. But hear this and hear it well. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 said, Jesus says, Ye shall find rest unto your souls. Romans 12:2 says, renewing of your mind. Ephesians 4:23 says, renewed in the spirit of your mind. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Amen. If there's anything that you need to pray this morning, come to the altar and say, Lord, I need rest in my soul. And Lord, I need rest in my mind. Come and bow and call on Jesus for rest and for sanity. Boy, the devil don't play fair. Have you ever found that out? He don't play fair. I was sitting in my house last night talking about the good things of God, 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 the good things of God. Things of God. And right before bedtime, a little spear that is thrown tries to get everyone all jacked up before we go to sleep. Try to get your mind in a mess. You ever tried to lay down and sleep when your mind was in a mess? You, you waller and you toss and you turn and you waller and you toss and you turn. I'm telling you, if you can go to bed at night and your mind is calm and your soul is calm and you have rest in your soul and you have rest in your mind, you ought to raise your hands towards heaven and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. They found this crazy man sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. This man sitting, and this man was sane. And this man was sound. It's the opposite of being shattered. The opposite of being shattered. He was unbroken. And this man was found in the truth. How did this happen? There's only one way to explain the way that it happened. It was through and by the power of God. It was through and by the power of God and none other. If you need rest today, it'll come through the power of God. If you need a touch in your mind, it'll come through the power of God. But your part is, find yourself at the feet of Jesus. Fall on your knees and call on Him. I read a story this week about the power of God, and I'm going to share it in closing. Listen to this. This is the power of God. (laughs) There's a young man lived in a little small town, Jefferson, He had on his best shirt and his best pants and had a Bible under his arm. He was walking to prayer meeting on a Wednesday night. And as he was walking down the road on a Wednesday night, there was a stranger that was sitting there on that bench that day. And he said, Hey, boy, where are you going? He said, I'm going to the church. I'm going to pray. That stranger said, you don't really believe in all that, do you, son? He said, oh, yes, I believe in all of it. He said, I think it's just a delusion. I think it's just something that people make up in their minds. He said, I would call it just a good notion. Just a good notion. As that man stood there brother Grayson talking to that stranger he said, "Hey. He said, you see that bar right there on that corner, of that tavern?" The man looked and says, "Yeah, I see the tavern." He said, "Do you see me?" He said, "I see you." He said, "Well, everybody in this small town knows me." They knew that every time I had a dollar in my pocket, I was headed to the tavern, I was headed to the bar. And he said, what you don't know, stranger, is he said, I would spend a whole week's paycheck down there at that tavern. He said, but the reason I'm going to prayer meeting tonight is he said, I met a man by the name of Jesus. And he said, the man that I met by the name of Jesus said he took all of that taste out of my mouth. And he said, you can call it a good notion if you want to. He said, but I'm going to tell you one thing. If all you say is it's a good notion, he said, it's a powerful notion. He said, because my kids have clothes on their backs now. And he said, my family has supper on the table every night now. He said, so if it's just a notion, it's a powerful notion. And he said, I'm going to tell you how notion, how powerful this notion is, this illusion is. He said, every day when I walk through life, he said, I just sing. And with my mouth, I give him all the praise and all the glory for changing my life. Because I'm not wasting my check at that bar anymore. Amen. And he said, so if you just want to call it an illusion or if you just want to call it a notion. He said, it's a powerful illusion. Amen. And it's a powerful notion. And he said, by the way, if you ever have a notion, you ought to come to church with me one Sunday. That's right. Can't no preacher do that. Ain't no husband and no wife can do that. There ain't no mama and ain't no daddy can do that. I wonder how many people tried to help that boy up there in them tombs they couldn't chain him up and they couldn't one of them change his life they was only one that could do that that day you hear me and his name's Jesus <laughs> his name's Jesus are you tired is anyone here just tired is there anyone here today just 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 tired of just tired of dealing with all of this junk. I can tell you where you can get some help. Listen, baby. It's at Jesus' feet. So if you're tired and you need some rest, come on. <laughs> come on, buddy if you're tired and you need some rest then come on